0: Con mucho cariño para todos ustedes. Hola,
1: dime. Hey. Puerto Rico está bien cabrón, ey, está bien cabrón. De Carolina sale el reggaeton, en los hijueputas de Bayamón, ey, ey. Quieren montarse en la ola y no han ido a rincón. Bienvenidos a Radio Manea. I'm Miriam Soyla Pérez.
2: And I'm Vero Flores, and we're two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes.
1: Each week, we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love, and this week, we've got an episode about climate change.
2: Yeah, you know, we owe so much, especially on this podcast and as people who talk about Caribbean music to Puerto Rico, and after Fiona hit Puerto Rico and sort of devastated the island just five years after Maria, we really wanted to just talk about this, and the song that we're enjoying is the song El Apagón by Bad Bunny. Let's take another listen to it. Hey, pero le falta sazón, batería y reggaetón. Hey, hey,
3: cuido con mi corillo que somos un montón. Hey, hey, le falta
0: sazón, batería y reggaetón. Hey, hey, cuido con mi corillo que somos un montón. Welcome to the Calentón.
1: Oh, he knew, man. He dropped this like a week before Fiona, and another big yeah. apagón that's still going on right now as we're recording.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this dropped when the album came out, but the video, right, the visual right. um, for El Apagón came out, and it came with an accompanying documentary about the um, power system in Puerto Rico, which has been pri- was sold to a private company, has now been privatized since Maria and um, is just completely inadequate infrastructure wise to handle anything that any kind of weather that the island sees there's all sorts of power outages all the time even outside of, of sort of disastrous weather events and um, people's electric utility has been going up and up and um I just, I love that Bad Bunny, first of all, is talking about this in his music, Mm -hmm. but also like decided to like, you know, use his record label video money to finance like a little documentary Mm -hmm. about this situation in PR. If Mm y'all haven't watched it, you absolutely should.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I saw that 7 million people have watched that link. And so I'm sure a lot of them drop off you know it's a 30 minute documentary they don't watch the whole thing but the fact that 7 million people were even like introduced to this topic and this yeah. issue is like huge it's incredible and, um, and yeah it became so timely because of, of the fact that people are dealing with another huge outage because of Fiona and like the flooding and just another natural disaster that's racking like a really um, fragile um, utility that yeah was privatized in a really fucked up way
2: Yeah, I think that what um, is also really exciting to me is that it really addresses sort of like the colonial status of Puerto Rico and the role that colonialism really plays in the fact that Puerto Rico doesn't have this, you know, what we consider now an incredibly, incredibly basic thing, power. Yeah. you know, it's been a, a while now after the hurricane, and there's still a lot of people that are without power on the island. And it's just like, it's not just like charging your phone, which is a necessity these days, not just for communication, but also for people's work. Um, there's so, you know, like so much of the economy is dependent on people communicating through their phone, but also, like, you know, people's medicine needs mm-hmm. to be refrigerated. Like, mm-hmm. people have, like, oxygen tanks that require mm-hmm. charging. You know, it's, like, literally life or death for so many people. Yeah. Um. Not to mention how hot it can get, you know. It's just, like, very, um, very serious. And uh, I think that the colonial aspect of both – Puerto Rico status as a colony of the United States and also just the ways that all these like crypto investing bros are showing up because of the tax haven status that Puerto Rico gives Mm -hmm. to people with all this wealth. And are just, like, coming in and, like, buying a property as if it's, like, they own the place. It's just, like, you know, it's, like, it all is, like, the same cycle again and again, you know? Yeah. Um, And I do love that Bad Bunny is using his platform to shed light on it. And, you know, he's talking about it in his way with his music, but then, like, gives the platform over to, like, a journalist that has been covering mm-hmm. this. So that, I think, is super dope.
1: Yeah, like he went farther than just song lyrics. Yeah. I was talking to my friend, Lizbeth, who's from Puerto Rico, and whose family is still there. And she was saying that, you know, what the wealthy people have done now, which is like what we know will happen, happens with like climate change and disaster is that, um, you know, the rich people are taken care of. So everybody's um, rich people are converting to solar energy so um, that they don't have to deal with um, the power outages, that they can have their own source of energy. And, like, yes, yeah, solar energy in Puerto Rico makes so much sense. But, of course, instead of being, like, a public utility kind of thing, it's something that only really, really rich people and only right, people who, who... can purchase their own right. solar panels exactly. and generators and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and you have to own a home. You can't do that if you're a renter, you know? And then mm-hmm. she was saying that to fill up a, um, a propane tank right now for, like, a generator is $700. You know, so it's like these price price, price gouging that happens post disaster. Um, so yeah, it just and you know, it reminds me. I mean, I lived in Texas when we had the really bad winter storm where everybody lost power for like over a week. Um, and it's kind of a you know similar political ideology that fuels that kind of those kinds of disasters. You know, it's like this conservative lack of desire to invest in public utilities desiring, wanting to privatize all these things. And then it just like, and not caring about the suffering of people basically it's like, you just don't care about human suffering. Um, and so, yeah, well Puerto Rico has like a very unique um, and problematic um, like relationship to the U S that means that the people in Puerto Rico don't even get to really have a truly representative government. Like they don't have say over what happens um, to their own, country basically their own island Mm -hmm. um you can see the you know the conservative ideology kind of goes across like um even in places yeah like texas and in the u.s where this is like this is what we're facing you know this is what everybody is facing um if you if you have a government that won't invest in public goods like utilities you know
2: yeah for sure for sure and so you know it's interesting to call these natural disasters because it's you know hurricanes our natural disasters here hurricanes have always existed but i think that most of us at this point are aware that the intensity with which they come and the frequency with which they come is fundamentally altered by the fact that our climate has been changing right um which is like a a fact (laughs) not you know people are like climate change is a theory it's like yes it's a it's true you know yeah, <laughs> um yeah. but um but so it's something that we want to talk about throughout uh, our episode today
1: yeah so you know this isn't our tra- traditional I feel like a lot of our our episodes are like not always but oftentimes like more upbeat or more positive or more whimsical but it just felt like with what's going on and the suffering that people are experiencing In Puerto Rico, in the Caribbean, I mean, there's another hurricane now that's, like, on its way to Cuba and probably is going to hit Florida. Like, this is peak hurricane season, which is why... um bad bunny released this video when he did um it just felt like we we wanted to talk about it so we found a couple of other songs that also kind of touch on this theme from a different perspective so the next one we want to play for y'all is um mana who's a group that we really haven't talked too much about on this podcast all these years and this song is called donde Jugarán los niños let's take a listen
2: this one is an old one that I feel like for people of our generation was like sort of a classic I was never a big Mana fan but they were really huge and this was one of the bigger ones
1: yeah this is the title track from their album um, from the 90s and I definitely have it I own it on CD (laughs) and I definitely I think I started listening to it after I lived in Ecuador Um, and yeah they're just like a very iconic you know um like latin rock band basically um but yeah this song is is pretty political and they they do political stuff it's not unusual for them but especially if you watch the video which you can find links in our show notes um basically it features like a kid i think an indigenous kid from the way that um he's dressed and sort of some of the signs in the video and um is playing like in kind of like a desert landscape with a gas mask on you know so kind of a very obvious um Calling attention to the fact that yeah, the landscape is being polluted in a way that that really spells um, doom in some ways for the future for for children in the future in terms of you know them having clean environments in which to play. So something like very basic, um, yeah. That, so
2: yeah, I have to say that I get pretty doomy about climate change because you know my colleague um, and. You know, incredible activist Mariam Kaba always says that hope is a discipline.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I truly believe that. I think that hope is something that we need to nurture in ourselves.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: sure. Which is really important if we're like doing work to change things. We should probably believe that it's possible right. um, to make <laughs> those changes. Yeah. But sometimes I get really dejected about climate change, in particular around these legislators that have so much power to make changes, and like they have like grandkids. And I'm just like, I don't know how to argue with somebody that doesn't care about the world they're leaving for their grandkids. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just don't know, what, what do you even say to somebody who doesn't care about the world they're leaving for their grandchildren? there's that to me like I've exhausted my options it's just like I feel I get so dejected about it
1: yeah it's really hard I mean this is definitely one of the most um doom doom and gloom kind of arenas I think of our our current landscape socially and politically um yeah I think I'm just like we have to have hope because like if we don't believe that there's something is possible then there's definitely not going to be any effort to change things you know yeah we yeah. all just no, like I like, do. like people who are like don't have kids because of you know climate change and i'm like yeah it's so real and like if we stop having children we're literally giving up on the planet you know not that people people who don't want a kid shouldn't have them but um but don't i don't think that you should make that choice based on climate change because um that's literally like a hope for the future is saying that like i believe that you know we will figure out a way to live on this planet. And I do, I do believe that. Um, But I also know there's a lot of suffering that comes along with this. And you're right, there's a lot of um, inaction.
2: Yeah, I mean, I do, like the earth will survive fine. (laughs) The earth is gonna be okay. Um, It's, you know, I think that we're gonna wipe ourselves out maybe. Um, But I do feel as though the thing that does give me hope that like maybe we won't wipe ourselves out is young people doing climate activism because I think for them, it's so real. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's real for all of us. Like, as we're talking about, you know, people in Puerto Rico today, people in the Caribbean today are experiencing the devastating effects of climate change. And the thing that really fucks me up is that the people who are experiencing the worst parts of climate Disaster are the ones who are least responsible for having created yeah. it. They're yeah. people who are, like, in, like, these little islands in the Pacific that are just, like, you know, slowly disappearing because they're sinking and they're having to, like, completely lose their way of life. They're people, you know, like, there's, like, the people in, like, the Horn of Africa and, like, Ethiopia and Somalia that are having, like, these extreme droughts. Um, that are leading leading to famines, you know, like those kinds of climate events that are unusual and intense. And like, it's like, those are not the people who made this disaster. And the people who made this disaster are the ones that are a little bit more shielded from it. So it's really sad. But the kids that are doing the activism around this are the ones who do give me the most hope about it. And so I feel like listening to them makes me be like, okay, like, we've done some stuff that's irreversible, like, this is bad, but we it's not too late to turn around.
1: No, no. and I mean, I feel like this is an arena where I like purposely seek out like good news, because I think Mm -hmm. that um, it doesn't get as much attention. It's just not as headline grabbing but yeah. like if I think about things like the ozone layer the whole ozone layer like that was something that was really That's
2: amazing catastrophic did that. that was like did that. a really terrible yeah. thing and it got fixed.
1: yeah it's like almost closed yeah and so it's not impossible for like there yeah. to be wide scale action on certain topics and so yeah, um, yeah there's like lots of really small but incredible you know, I get, I'm, I don't know, some like good news newsletters that send emails like every week that are like, here's all the good things that are happening. It's like, this many I more millions of hectares of rainforest protected, this many more millions of coral reefs protected. Like, you know, it's like governments are taking actions. That's definitely not the level of action should be taken. And there's a lot of um, inaction and like, um, you know, blood on people's hands, like what you're saying, in terms of who's the most impacted. But it's not that like, Nothing is happening, or there isn't like a wide-scale like solar power movement, or you know, like these things are happening. And so, yeah,
2: no, yeah. they totally are. I love, I love the good news. I think you've uh, you've brought it up to me. Before, I have before the good yeah. news newsletter. I do. Um, I have stuff because I get so yeah. sad. It's really but... sad.
1: It's really sad. And there's a lot of bad news, but there's also lots of you know, like this country's going plastic-free and this country's going waste-free, and you know this whole city is composting like all these things and those things make a difference. Like they're not, they're not nothing, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's really hard and we can't look away from the suffering that people are experiencing. And I think we have a responsibility to, and so that's, what's so ridiculous about Puerto Rico is like that, that not only is it a country that we have this like fucked up post-colonial relationship to that. We are just sort of like aiding and abetting the suffering of, of Puerto mm-hmm. Rico because of the way that U S policy affects the country and prevents them from even doing anything to like restore their own system. So I hope they make it through part, the rest of hurricane season without any more horrific storms that continue to cause suffering on the Island because there's well, just not a lot of capacity to tolerate it. Um, yeah, me too.
2: And it, I, you know, I hope that I don't know what this documentary is doing for the political process. Um, over there in terms of this utility but there it did highlight some really dope activism and some really dope resistance so i love to see that
1: yeah yeah it's important so
2: we got a little message from one of y'all recently asking if we could do a listener picks episode and depending on how long y'all have been listening you may or may not have heard a listener picks episode
1: yeah. So a few years back, we did a couple of episodes where we asked you for your um, song suggestions. So we asked you basically to submit um, a song by a Latinx artist that you love and like, tell us why you wanted us to bring it. And so there's a link to we're doing it a little bit differently this year. We're doing it via Google survey where you can submit your song. And then also we would love to hear a little voice memo that we could play a clip of on the show with you talking about the song and, and why you want us to play it. Um, any, it just has to be a song by Latinx artist. Don't worry if we brought it before. Like you don't need to worry about our six year archive. Just, we want to hear from you about what are the, what are the songs that, that you want us to know about that you want us to be listening to. So yeah, um, why
2: do you love it? Why do you love the artists? And if you think we don't know it, put us on. If there's an artist that you think that we should know about, like, let us know.
1: Yeah, and if you submit, um, you might be featured on a future episode of Ready Manea. So thanks so much for participating. And you know, we love hearing from you. And we've definitely learned of some new artists from these listener picks uh, selections. So we really appreciate it.
2: So our next song is called Oro, and it's by Chocuip Let's take a listen to that.
0: Llevándose todo mi oro, a mi tierra llegó un fulano, llevándose todo mi oro, vestido de blanco entero y con tu extranjero, prometió a cambio de oro, dejarme mucho dinero, El tipo de que les hablo, nunca más apareció. Yo mi metal precioso y todo se lo llevó. Ladrón te fuiste, con mi oro. Y me dejaste oro Con solo engaño nada más Viniste pa' acá a llevarte mi oro primero Con tu acento extranjero Y tu pintar sombrero Echa pa' allá, fuera de acá papá No vuelve a robar
1: I mean, this one is more on the theme of, um, you know, stealing resources from a country and then not allowing the people from that country to benefit from the resources. So they're talking about gold and the video is about gold mining and there's a very clear, like racialized dynamic of like these black folks in a river, like mining for, like looking for gold. And then um, these people like taking that, taking those resources away. Um, But obviously that's also a part of this bigger system that you know the reason that climate change is a thing has to do with the extraction of resources um, and the ways in which those resources are used so extracting you know drilling for oil and then burning those oils um, oil as fossil fuels and then you know temperature rise and like all the other environmental impacts that mining and other like extractive industries have on the natural environment
2: yeah and this is Chokutan, which is a, a group that we've brought before these days I think it's mostly Goyo from Chocob Town, which is a three person group from Choco in Colombia, um, which is a region of Colombia that has a really heavy uh, Afro descendant population. Yeah. And these days, Goyo has gone solo and is doing a lot of work on her own, but this is from like 2010, um, when Chocob Town was um, like early choco Town days. And, um, yeah, I, I love them. I also like musically can maybe hear some like marimba that is, um, if you go a few weeks back, we talked to Simon Mejia from Bombestereo who did a, uh, a who did a, like a short documentary about the marimberos of um, Colombia in, right. a, you know, like this ish region, not Choco, but like around there, another, um, really afro descendant area of Colombia, mm-hmm. um so it sort of ties it all together a little bit but you're right it's just you know like this is talking about gold but it really could be any extractive industry and the sorts of practices that surround it that have led to the kind of predicament that we find ourselves in right now with climate change
1: yeah yeah and it's just such a common story of like a place has is is rich in a certain natural resource but the people in that country don't get to benefit from that natural resource right you know that happens when people have to export goods because they need the they need the resources and then they have to buy those same resources at a higher price you know and that happens in lots of different um, economies and countries around the world and it's just Mm -hmm. i mean it's just capitalism basically yeah, basically. <laughs> even in um in Puerto
2: Rico, in this uh, documentary attached to El apagón, they talk about like the basically de facto privatization of public beaches, right? Like that's not All even right. an extractive res- uh, resource you can extract, but like th- you know the way that they have built up around like these beaches that are public land, um, making it really difficult to for anybody to access it. That's like you know the ocean the beautiful fucking ocean that you are able to swim in it is a natural resource that is being right. taken away from people right in Puerto right. right now
1: yeah yeah that's really i mean that's that's it varies so much like even in the u.s like state by state around when you can have private coastland and when you can't you know and it's such mm-hmm. a mess it's like how can you privatize a piece of the ocean basically is what you're doing when you do that you know yeah um it's making me think of hawaii too and like the you know native hawaiians for a while now have been kind of like issuing a call to people to like not visit hawaii yeah or to yeah, reconsider how they visit by somebody yeah. in hawaii yeah. yeah yeah and like reconsidering how you visit hawaii because of the impact of tourism on the native people of hawaii and you know it's a similar thing to puerto rico it's like people can't afford to live, they can't pay rents, they can't, Yeah, they can't even visit their own beaches because of the impact of tourism, but also, like, people going and buying property in Puerto Rico for very cheaply, mm-hmm. for what is, you know, cheap for somebody coming from outside Puerto Rico, but then it's unaffordable. Yeah, the, the documentary highlights, like, the salary of the executive of the Luma company that bought the Puerto Rican electric utility like, you know, earning salaries that were never ever earned by um the head of those kinds of utilities before, you know? It's like it just Yeah,
2: when they were public utilities.
1: Right. And like and 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 it's just salaries aren't that high in Puerto Rico, you know, it's like you're yeah you're taking um yeah, you're creating a, a really distorted sort of sense of what the the market is. So yeah, it's it's all really um problematic.
2: Oh. Well, Speaking of Bomba Estereo, um, you know, we'll link in the show notes that episode about the Marimbas um, that, where we talked to Simon uh, from Bomba Estereo just because it was, you know, it's a really dope project that they did. Um, and I'd highly encourage y'all to check it out. But um, they have a long history. Bomba has a long history of... A uh, sort of activism, especially around environmental stuff, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's part of what like led Simon to like look into the marimbas and the musicality of you know like it's all very connected to the land. Yeah. Um, and this song is called Tierra, and um, it's by Juan bon Besterio. Let's take a listen to it before we talk about it for a bit.
0: Nos quitaron el mar, nos quitaron el cielo Vendieron por nada, se nos acabó Nos quitaron el viento, quemaron la selva Vendieron las tierras, apagaron el sol Se llevaron el agua, secaron los ríos Dejaron vacío a los montes por carbón soltaron las manos y estamos parados En medio del bosque viendo su extinción
1: these four songs um there's like a real reference to indigenous communities like in bad bunny he mentions taino folks in the mana song like it's clearly like indigenous child and then in this bomba studio song also in the video mm-hmm. it's like indigenous communities which makes so much sense because that's really the you know colonialism is like the beginning of these kind of extractive and um exploitative uh, policies and practices that have led us to this place and and those communities have suffered, you know, in, in unimaginable ways, right, because of the um, the kind of things that colonialism has kicked into motion. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly right.
2: That so this song is about like the like this ancient relationship between humans and the land that they inhabit, and that's an old indigenous way of being that. Um, has was broken in colonialism or like was, you know, maybe wasn't broken, but like has been attempted to be broken via colonialism a lot. Um, and so this, the visual for this is very beautiful. I, you know, I love the way the song sounds. I love the way, um, the visual looks and, um, this video stars, um, also this non-binary Zapotec indigenous performance artist from Oaxaca his name is Lucas Avendaño um, um, their name is Lucas Avendaño and um, so it's just like really beautiful to see and I think it's something that they are um, you know like they're aware of uh, of this connection of like the the relationship of people on the land that they inhabit is very um, essential to indigenous ways of being.
1: Right. Right. And I feel like, yeah, Lisa Almet is also kind of referencing her own indigenous um, heritage as well, which she does often with the way that she's presenting herself in this video too.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I think that, um, I, I think to me that is a very clear path, like the, The that knowledge that Indigenous people held about this land that we are on right now is a really important key to getting back to having a relationship with this land again. Um, And yeah, I I think about obviously there's so much that's really horrifying about colonialism and um, about the ways that um, just the genocide of indigenous peoples throughout the Americas. But I think so often about all the things that people knew that the knowledge that's been lost. And I think that reconnecting to that knowledge feels to me a really like a really important key to, um, to figuring this out.
1: Yeah. Like what does it mean to have like a symbiotic relationship rather than a parasitic relationship with the land, you know? Um, and I think that's, wh- that's also somewhere I find hope. Cause like there is, well, yeah, there's certain things that are un we can't undo. There are also um, lots of ways in which the earth and the land can be restored. You know, there's yeah. like, even in England, there's like a rewilding movement where people are like, um, yeah, kind of like letting their land go fallow and like, and, and regrow with like native plants. Like, you know, there's like little bits and pieces like everywhere um, of people who are trying to make these steps. And so that you know is somewhere where I try to find hope amidst all these things yeah and yeah I think you're right that yeah indigenous communities often have a lot of practices that already kind of work in in symbiosis because you couldn't you know you had to be in order to stay in a place in order to um, be in relationship with a place you couldn't extract all the you know couldn't extract all the resources because you couldn't then just go take over another country you know it's not the same as what um colonialism like and capitalism offered in that way so yeah for sure so you have a group in puerto rico that you wanted to um promote as you know there's lots of calls for support and donations um and hopefully you all have been seeing that on your feeds there's definitely still a lot of need in puerto rico a lot of people still don't have power they're still re- recovering from bad flooding and mudslides and all sorts of things that happened around the country with Fiona. Um, But you wanted to mention one organization that you know, better specifically.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to mention Taller Salud because it's an organization that I know and folks that I know who are in Puerto Rico and are Puerto Rican um, have vouched for it. It's called Taller Salud. Um, It's a feminist anti-racist org with a deep history on the island. And um, they're doing a lot of mutual aid efforts. So if you haven't made a donation and you're interested in supporting um, in that way, I would love to um, to direct you towards Taller Salud.
1: Great. So we'll put a link in the show notes to that organization, and you can check it out. Yeah thanks so much for listening y'all I know that you know these topics are not um, as light and fun but they're super important so we appreciate you taking the time to to listen and hear about what's going on in Puerto Rico and hope this inspires you to take some action even if small ones
2: yeah and you know for all of the fun episodes about perreo and reggaeton <laughs> and mm-hmm. like all the amazing music that's come out of Puerto Rico I f- we feel like you know we really owe um, that isla um, our deference and our mm-hmm. honor and just, you know, shout out to la gente de Puerto Rico, man. It sucks that y'all have to be so resilient. Um, it's, I wish that you could be, you know, happy and calm and enjoy your beautiful landscape and it sucks that resiliency is something you have to do, but
1: y'all do it well, so. Mucho amor. Say. Sí. As always, all the information about the songs on this episode are in our show notes at RileyMannan.com. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter. And we also have a little Friday newsletter for y'all, so check that out um, to sign up in our show notes.
2: Shout out to Maite, who edits our episodes. And thank you so much for listening. Hasta la próxima.
0: Bye. Mi tierra, esta soy yo